as the owner, all I can say is it's like living in a movie because it was so hard to bring to life, but it's so incredible to watch the change that happens in people's lives as they come there, experience it, and then leave. Hello, and welcome to Blue Sky Thinking, a mind-expanding podcast from Globe Trender that explores the bold ideas that are pushing our boundaries and broadening our horizons. I am your host, travel journalist and entrepreneur, Jenny Southern, and every episode I will be going on a conversational journey with the innovators and visionaries who are shaping the future of travel. My guest today is Brittany Faith Turner, a force for good entrepreneur and self-made multimillionaire who has her own private island in the Caribbean, where she hosts life-changing transformation retreats. Before we start this chat, I just want to say that this week's episode of Blue Sky Thinking is sponsored by Kayak. Kayak is a travel search engine that allows you to compare prices for flights, hotels and car hire, meaning you don't have to jump around from one website to another making test bookings like I used to do. There are a lot of great features on Kayak for frequent travellers like you and I, so I just want to take a few moments to tell you about some of my favourites. If you're looking at a variety of flights to a certain destination and you'll know roughly when you'll travel but it's not locked in, there's an option to compare multiple departure and return dates. This will show you if it's cheaper or maybe more convenient to fly a day or two earlier or a couple of days later. You can also filter your flight search. For me, that's usually direct flights only if I can. I like to avoid too much of an early start or a very late arrival, so I adjust the takeoff and landing time. I've been researching a family holiday to Crete recently, and these features have been really useful because my daughter is young and we don't like to fly at awkward times of the day, but we also need to keep costs down. Finally, once you have the options in front of you, you can compare flight prices from numerous online travel agents as well as the airlines themselves. So for your next trip, start your search on Kayak. Brittany's journey to wealth has been one of the most profound examples of the power of the American dream in action. Raised on a farm in a Christian home, Brittany always had a strong desire to help other people. At the age of 12, she had a vision to become a missionary in Africa, and it didn't take long until she was doing philanthropic work for real. Brittany began her real estate career, homeless and living in her car, while she worked without pay for nine months as an apprentice. Determined to be a success, she was soon able to start rehabbing homes herself and selling them for a profit. Today, she is the founder and CEO of Aerial Group, a Tennessee-based social enterprise company that specialises in real estate development and disaster relief. As part of this operation, Brittany has established a humanitarian division called Aerial Recovery, which sees her train US Army veterans as first responders to natural disasters and war. The team also has a special focus on ending sex trafficking. A former beauty queen, bodybuilder and trained survivalist, Brittany also personally participates in these missions, which have so far taken her to places such as Pakistan, Haiti and Ukraine, among many other locations. Welcome to Blue Sky Thinking, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Nashville, Tennessee today. So you're not on the island today. No, I wish I was, but we're here. We've got some projects we're wrapping up. So 
a lot has happened, I imagine, since we met on your island in the Caribbean a year ago. Can you tell us about some of the things you have been working on since then? Oh, my goodness. Well, the island has really taken off. Uh, you know, we launched it <laughs> uh, in 2020 originally, which was really hard for resorts, but that was its grand opening date. And so the island has been really taking off and helping to heal uh, so many people. You know, our, our tagline for the island is heal, elevate, and transform. And it's not a regular resort in any way, shape, or form, which we'll get into more in this podcast, I'm sure. One of the other things we've launched is um, we've got this program through my nonprofit called Heal the Heroes. And it was a once a year program where we had 25 veterans start their one year healing journey with us on the island and totally go from many of them not wanting to be here on earth anymore, not knowing that they had a purpose or a reason to be here, several of them struggling with addiction and again, loss of purpose and mission to not only understanding how important they are, but becoming the husbands, fathers, uh, mothers, wives, leaders in their home and then in their community. But now they're trained to be what we coined as humanitarian special operators, where we take their skill set, which is perfect and amazing, and apply it to these uh, disaster zones where they rescue people that have lost everything or are currently like being swept away. Um, and then also we have a division that rescues kids from sex trafficking. And last week we just rescued 12 little girls and took down three traffickers and we've got another one coming up this week. So I'm incredibly proud of the work we've done and over the last year, We've taken that from being a once a year program to a four times a year program. So every quarter uh, people are coming through. And um, in two weeks, we've got our first all women's platoon, which I'm very excited about. That is amazing. What incredible work. And I do want to delve deeper into some of those things a bit later on in this episode. But let's talk more a little bit about the aerial BVI, which is your your private island. It's located in the British Virgin Islands. Having visited myself, I know that it's like paradise on earth. But <laughs> for blue sky thinking listeners, can you describe what your home is like and what you have created there? Thank you. It is a 45 acre island in paradise for sure. Well described, um, beautiful crystal clear blue water and a giant reef all the way around the island. And I've got a we currently have 21 equine on our ranch, which is, uh, it's called Indy's Redemption Ranch. And all the animals there have been rescued from um, being slaughtered or left to die. We've got four zebras, eight ponies, and seven horses right now. I think that's the right math. <laughs> and so, but I'm a collector. Anytime I, everybody knows they can call me and I'll definitely be the person to save it. I think we've got almost 30 tortoise right now that would have otherwise been soup and uh, an aggressive amount of peacocks. They're wonderful <laughs> running around the <laughs> island. So I love animals. We've, we've got quite the sanctuary there and they, you can do horseback riding on our many trails around the island, or you can do equine therapy. We do a lot of sessions for locals, um, everything from women that have been uh, sexually abused to children that have never had exposure to animals and need to understand and appreciate 
um, life, you know, and that these are, these are God's special creatures too. And so, um, we've got a 17 bedroom castle on the island, which is incredible. It looks like a castle and it's just an extraordinary, it's strong, but open and light and peaceful. And what's amazing, you know, I'd love to take credit for how great the place is, but I can't, you know, everybody I've ever met said as soon as they're their feet hit the earth from the dock, they feel an overwhelming sense of peace. And I can't make that happen. You know, I can protect it by making sure only good things happen there. But this has always been a really special piece of land. And I'd call it like a sanctuary of joy and happiness and restoration. And I knew that when I first got it. And it's been a... um, really interesting to bring to life because it's not a regular resort where you just check in, have a great time, drink your martini and put your feet up. Of course you can do that, but there is something different about that space where people go there to change and elevate their lives. You know, this is not a place to escape. It's a place to find yourself. And I've had more people come back to me even a year later and say, that is the place I got set free of blank. You know, it's the thing that you wanted to, again, grow in. I've had, I don't know, probably eight people lose over 120 pounds since they left the island. Um, A lot of people get started on their health journey. They realize that healthy food doesn't have to suck because our food is amazing and it's super healthy for you. Um, To people who've had like their heart healed after divorces or betrayal or things like that. People whose businesses took off because they got there and found clarity and dropped their limiting beliefs. So it's been just really extraordinary. And I can't say it's one thing because it's whatever that you are looking for, you'll find. And even if you didn't, don't have it perfectly figured out before you leave, you get these seeds planted in your heart that start to bloom and blossom after you leave. Again, sounds like a weird idea, but as the owner, all I can say is it's like living in a movie because it was so hard to bring to life, but it's so incredible to watch the change that happens in people's lives as they come there, experience it, and then leave. And then again, come back and get to tell me all the amazing things that have taken, that has transpired in their life over the last year. So how much of the year do you spend on the island typically? It's a hard question because my husband and I get to do so many missions. That is our home base. But we go on missions all over the world, everything, like we said, from child rescue to um, disaster missions. And sometimes, like Ukraine, we were there for like, I don't know, nine months, the the team was. And, and he was there for four months straight of those nine months and then kept going back. I was there for a month and then back and forth. And so we, it really just depends on what disasters are going on in the world, how much time we actually get to be at home. But that is our home. That is what we call home. Can you tell us briefly about your husband? My husband is an incredible (laughs) answered prayer is the best way to describe him. Uh, When I met him, (laughs) the funny thing is he was a rebound date for me. (laughs) I never thought he had, I didn't think he had any any potential because he's just this goofy guy who drank a lot and, um, but he was very fun and he came on 
a mission with me to the Bahamas in 2019. So I got into disaster relief when the island got annihilated. (laughs) The entire BVI got annihilated in 2017. And as an entrepreneur, what we notice is the gaps. You know, where, where could things be more streamlined? Where could things be better run? How can we make sure we never have to go through this again? And I watched the country rebuild after that disaster. I actually created a docu-series um, following the recovery called BVI Stronger. And again, what does good leadership look like? What does bad leadership look like? How do we get the electricity back online? How do we clean up? What's the order in which we need to get volunteers organized? How do you push away really amazing international help versus, you know, capturing it so that you've got the people who want to help involved? And so I I learned a ton from that one. And when the Bahamas got hit, I was going down there and he kept asking me on a date that week. And I said, I'm busy, I'm busy. And he finally, he said, well, I'm bringing you food, came up to my office and saw all over the whiteboards that I had been mission planning. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to go to the Bahamas. They got just hit by the strongest hurricane on record. Before that, it was Irma. But then this now is the new strongest hurricane on record for the Atlantic. And I want to go help them. And I've got a lot of skills now that I've learned from the BVI and I think I can help. And he said, well, I didn't know you could even do that. And I said, well, yeah, you can. You can just go help. <laughs> He's like, okay, can I come with you? I said, sure. So when uh, he got down there, this Green Beret, which is the special forces in America of the Army, I watched how, you know, my my normal frustration with how ineffective most people are in those situations, like this guy just went into what I call mission mode and started taking over and just getting things done, getting people the help they need, you know, responding, doing the medical, da da da. Like and it was so hot. Um <laughs> it's <was> really <laughs> super hot to me. I was like, hey, are there more of you? And so we started bringing in his um other veteran, uh, other military friends and veterans to the space. And my goodness, the effectiveness, it was insane. And I observed how, again, they're the most incredible, impactful, trained people I've ever seen. But I'd watch how they kept getting what I called getting knocked out of the game because they had a whole different level of trauma and stuff that they had to heal from in order to continue to serve and give your gift, you got to deal with these, I don't know, you can call them demons if you want to, addiction, um, you know, self-hatred, suicidal tendencies, uh, all kind of different things. And my wonderful husband is the test subject for the program Heal the Heroes, and we designed it because of his problems. Because again, I've never met somebody that's more capable in my life. But then I've never met somebody who struggles more. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. That you would be literally wanting to kill yourself when you have so much you can give the world. And, um, you know, we're going to, I'm happy to be very vulnerable on this podcast, because there's a lot of people who deal with suicidal thoughts. And I had a season of that myself. And I don't know, I'll I'll say it's normal, but it's not normal to stay there. You know, how do we actually move past that? 
And in my experience, they don't go away. You just get better tools for being able to fight and defeat those thoughts. And purpose is the solution. Without purpose, nobody thinks they should be here. But when you understand that you're part of a divine plan that I don't fully understand, but you're part, you have a reason for being here. All these desires in your heart are there for a reason, not just to sit here and tease you and make you disappointed, but it's up to you to find a way to start taking action on those things. And so with these heroes, which are first responders um, and veterans, we go through again what is your purpose how do you create your own mission you've been handed a mission your whole life and now that you're out of the military you feel like your mission's gone and you have no reason to be here that's bullcrap you were just handed a mission your whole life let's create a new one and for me seeing the gaps and then also understanding that sex trafficking and human trafficking in general is a 150 billion dollar per year industry and we have found children for sale for 20, 24 hours, $7. So if you can get them that inexpensive and it's that many billions of dollars, that's happening a lot. And it's absolutely devastating. And these guys have the capabilities to be able to do something about it. And so um, we designed that Heal the Heroes program, like we said, for you have a purpose, you have a meaning, Let's start walking it out. Let's have that brotherhood or the sisterhood, a safe space for you to change because you can't change um, in, an, in an attacking environment. You know, it does take that uh, grace and safety to be able to get vulnerable enough to deal with the things that are holding you back. And so it has been one of the most rewarding and beautiful things in my life because I have had the desire to stop sex trafficking since I was 12. I watched a documentary on it. It rocked my world. I realized that that was the worst thing going on on the planet. And I'm not going to just bury my head and pretend like it's not happening. How can I use my one chance on earth to end the suffering of, of so many people? And I could have been that person. You know, that's what... I'm not going to feel guilty over privilege. Privilege just means you have the opportunity to help pull people out of other suffering. You know, you happen to win the lottery in this area, this area, this area, not these areas. And so with this, the blessings that you were born into, what is the responsibility that comes with that? I was not born into a rich family, but I was born into a country that has freedoms that allows me to, to get educated and work enough and won't keep shoving me down. Was it easy being a 21-year-old female in the construction industry in the South? No. <laughs> Was it easy living in my car and having truck drivers bang on my window in the middle of the night to try to rape me? No. Was it easy getting any loans as a, <laughs> as a female in this part of the world? nothing, nothing was easy, but whatever, you know, I don't have people chasing me and trying to kill me every day. So I can figure this out. And, and that's really why everything in my life is named Ariel. And that it's, it means to keep that big picture view on your life. And remember, this is not just about me. I am part of something bigger than me and I'm to execute and create above the rest. No matter what everybody else is doing, we have to have that spirit of excellence because 
we are here to to raise the standard and to end different sufferings in the world. And the best way that I've found to do that, because every time I go on one of these trips, I'm witnessing something so horrific. It could, I could spend the rest of my life trying to work on that thing. The best way to really do it is to raise other forces for good up, to find other Jennies in the world that have these beautiful purposes and she just needs maybe a little bit of strength and resources and encouragement to know that she's not weird for wanting to go after these things. She's right. And who cares what anybody else says? You don't even have to know them. If you want her to move, you can move. This, your calling is between you and your creator, your source. This is your chance. So having that confidence to go out after things versus your, you know, little circle of people you happen to be around um, is super important. And people having that strength and accountability to be able to, again, start taking action on these things. The ripple effect is insane. How would you describe your life's purpose? And what do you think have been some of your biggest successes? Oh, man. My life's purpose is to help raise up other forces for good. Um. If I was just going to put it simply, the purpose of my life is to serve. You know, I, I love serving. I love um, empowering. I love people being able to actually see themselves and their worth and knowing that your life matters. You're not just one of billions here to eat and poop. <laughs> you know, you're here for so much more. Um, and that, even that being said, I don't have that all figured out. I don't understand it all, but I can tell you that is truth and the pieces of it that I do understand. Um, my biggest successes, probably marrying this amazing human being that helped bring so much of my life into what I've dreamed it to be since I was 12. And I'd say it's a success because I was in an abusive marriage before that. And it turned bad so fast. It went from so wonderful to so bad so fast. And it took a lot of work for me to believe in love again and to be willing to be open enough to love again. And um, there's something so special when you do find an aligned partner. I don't think that you know any other human being is responsible for your calling, but when you do find an aligned life partner, uh, it's just so much more accelerated. And um, so I think I would just call that a success. I've never said that one out loud. Um, and then what we've been able to accomplish together as a couple in, in the rescues, again, it's the thing I've wanted to do since I was freaking 12. And so I would call that my success. The island is awesome, but I think that's like a really cool soundbite a lot of people want to talk about. But the island is not who I am. I'm still Brittany Turner. I'm the same Brittany Turner that lived in her car, you know. Um, everything in your life can come and go. It doesn't make you more valuable. It makes humans listen to you more. But um, the same person who's loved humans and wanted to do the same stuff back then, the difference is my belief system, my actions, they shifted. And that's the point of these Elevate Summits. That is the point of the island is to get people to start shifting the mindset and their actions to where they can start t tapping into more and more of their greatness and stuff follows, but again, it can't define you. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So people buy islands for different reasons. Some people might buy them as a status symbol. Some people might buy them as an investment. I feel that you bought the aerial for another reason. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I bought it as a healing sanctuary to raise up the forces for good in the world. And people can still go there and have their birthday and their anniversary and their wedding and all those things. Um, but it's really, like I said, a place of positive transformation where you go there to find yourself and to take your life to the next level. Everything that we've designed and curated on island uh, elevates you. So we spend three to four times more on the food than any other island I've ever heard of. Because to me, I'm inve we're investing in you, helping your body start to align because nothing takes you out of the game more than sickness. You know, dealing with illness, either, you know, temporary or long-term, it's so distracting because you are stuck in this vessel called your body. And so if you can start healing that from the inside out, your capacity to give mentally, spiritually, physically, um, is going to go to the next level. And then our activities are all healing activities from, uh, yoga to mindfulness exercises, to sound baths, to, um, even our water sports and our ranch, all of those things, even our games, they're not, you're not going to go there and get trashed with these weird drinking games and put a bunch of poison in your body. We do have alcohol, but it's superfood mocktails and cocktails. And we have just as many mocktails available as cocktails for people who realize that alcohol is a vice for them. It's not for everybody, but it is for some. And so we make it really easy for you to be your best self. And once you've witnessed and tasted of your best self, man, it's really hard to go back because you're so happy. You're actually fulfilled. You're living a life that matters and means something to you. And so we love letting people experience themselves in that way and then leave as even better humans that want to continue on that journey. And when did you actually buy the island? So I first got it under contract in December 2016 and worked on it all of 2017. It takes a long time to actually close on an island. There's just a lot of government stuff to, to get done. But I... I fixed it up most of 2017, right before the hurricane got it in September. Um, and then I got it back under contract in, in 2000, June, 2018. So it's, uh, I, it was definitely a process. Um, but I spent that almost year filming and documenting and just getting to work on the rest of BBI because, um, I had lost the, lost the island at that point. <laughs> And then I got to, I got to refix it up, which was its own journey. You know, trying to do a project overseas like that is not easy. And I was project manager. I was designer. I was everything that needed to happen to bring that island to life. And we pushed really hard to get it open um, by January. And then we had to adjust our, our grand opening date, which was April 1st, 2020. <laughs> the day that the borders closed. Oh, for nine months, course. invisibly closed for two years. It was really tough um, to hold on to that. But some of my best ideas came during that waiting period of really, really finessing it into how do you make it so much more than a resort? You know, how do you really put 
these values and, and ex how do you get people to actually experience this kind of change for themselves, whether or not I'm there, you know, and, um, then there's a, I've got a little video on like the rehab of the island and it says, we want to make this the most impactful resort you've ever been to. And I'm so excited to actually get to rebuild the island. And I'm actually excited to figure out how to pull that off. I don't know how to pull it <laughs> off. I've never done it before. And so it's been a journey of really intuition and figuring this out, um, which has been fun. As a real estate investor and developer yourself, what do you look for in a private island? What advice would you give to anyone else <laughs> looking to buy one? Oh my gosh. Um, they're very expensive to run. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So, so you've got to have the staying power. That's a really big one. You got to have some dang good insurance, depending on where you're buying too. Our insurance is crazy expensive. Um, so staying power and insurance will keep you in the game. Things to look for is, uh, does it have a beach? You cannot just make a beach. You think you can, you cannot. <laughs> it will just wash away every day. For us, I, went, I really wanted to have a ranch. And so it was perfect that it had a lot of flat land, which was great for the ranch. Um, the house is not so close to the water that it'll just wash away. It's up high enough. So I kind of got the perfect island because I've got... Uh, 43 acres with rolling hills, a natural beach, flat land, and mountainous lands. I've got three different mountains on the island that I can build different things on. Uh, it has lush, it has a, a really lush, like, dirt to where real trees can grow there. If you're buying it and it's just sprigs, don't think you can grow stuff because there's so many rocks and just salty uh, dirt that, again... Just because it's an island, you can't just do whatever you want on them. The land is going to say what you can do on them. So seeing what it already has and then, again, working with nature is the best advice I can give you. Um, and a lot of places, again, you think you can buy and build there, but you got to make sure you can get a dock. So can it have docks for you to even be able to bring supplies over? If not, you're going to constantly be arguing with the government because you're tearing up a reef and nobody wants to tear up a reef. So just a couple, the, the quick and dirty. Um, one of the pieces of advice Richard Branson gave me when I asked him, what advice does he have when people are looking at islands? He said, know that you can buy an island for cheap, but it takes hundreds of millions of dollars to actually get infrastructure on there. And thankfully, uh, mine already had several buildings built on it to where I could get started a lot faster because it takes probably 10 years to really get something built on, an, on a nothing island. Because you got to put in the water, the roads, the sewer, the electric, and that. The previous owners to me took 10 years to build what was there um, for me to then take over from that point. So that's, that's our collective advice. And I think one thing you mentioned to me was the view as well that was quite important. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, you could just be looking at another piece of dirt or you could, you know, for in the BVI, the islands are valued based on their view. And um, my island has is known for having the best view, which is really cool. We have sunrise, sunset. And we're looking out over 16 other islands and we have a lot of um, beautiful boats go by all the time. So people like activity in the water versus just looking out at blank ocean. Um, 
you can go to Florida and do that. You know, so why would you travel all the way to the British Virgin Islands to look at blank ocean? So having other things and shadows on, on these different mountains and boats and activities and sometimes fireworks and the stars and all those things to, are taken into account. Um, and again, we have this gorgeous reef and we can see whales going by all the time and dolphins. Wow. It's so cool. Yeah. I got woken up the other day because whale was making such a splash outside <laughs> my room. I was like, I'll, I'll wake up like this That's for sure. Amazing. <laughs> it was so cool. And so um, Richard Branson has a couple of islands not so far away from you, I believe, about an hour or so away. Yeah, um, how, you've met Richard Branson. You've spent some time with him. Of course, yeah. He's, um, he was one of the only famous people I ever wanted to meet because he was rich and still cool. He's not pretentious in any way. He's very funny and kind. And that was literally my parameters for wanting to meet him. And I got to meet him at 24, which is how I even found out about the British Virgin Islands. And um, I spent time on his private island with a bunch of other entrepreneurs. And I saw how private islands create immersive experiences and how good of friends you can make because you're just on an island together, eating meals together and doing all this stuff. And, um, you know, we have very different belief systems on certain, certain things, but I do love him as a person. I think he's wonderful. And, uh, he's probably one of the biggest contributors of just, just being around him at all of thinking so big, you know, he says to, if you really want to change the world, Brittany, put, um, a lot of time and energy into your brand versus just one company because then people will bring you their companies to put your brand on and they have to live according to your values or they don't get to use your, your brand. So by making your brand valuable, you can put your values into your brand and change the world in those ways. I was like, that's really smart. And so I went from having one company to seven companies in the following couple of years because I spent time, because whoever you spend time with, you're going to start to become like, with an entrepreneur that has like, I don't know if he has three or 400 companies underneath the Virgin brand, but something a lot. Uh, so because that became normal to me, I started normalizing having lots of different companies. What I didn't realize was becoming normal to me was owning an island. I never would have ex like thought in a million years that that was normal, but I kept spending money to go be there because I just needed people who thought bigger than me. You might be the biggest fish in your little town for whoever's listening to this podcast, but find a way, pay whatever you got to pay to get in the room with people who think bigger than you. I always say, try to be the biggest peasant in the room. Not that you want to stay there, <laughs> but you want to reset what you believe is possible for you. And that was uh, made possible for me by hanging out with him. In 2021, you began hosting personal development retreats on the island. What do the retreats typically involve and how do you help guests achieve whole life success? Great question. So I'll start with defining what whole life success is. I believe the old way to define success is having a bunch of money. They're successful, which is... I'm sure there's still people out there that believe that because they're not educated, <laughs> but... The new way to measure success is, are you in alignment with your vision? Do you have love in your life? Are you walking in financial abundance to where you're not trapped by your money? Is your physical body um, healthy and whole? 
And again, are you having any kind of impact? Are you making a difference? Are you just living for yourself? And so there's really six pillars to what we believe makes up whole life success. And so having that vision for your life at all, uh, we call dream. So that's the dream summit where you take the time to even take yourself out of your moment and look long-term and say, what does actually matter to me? Where do I want to end up? What is the most important thing? And then using that vision as your guiding light to start designing your life, owning your life versus your, the world owning it. You know, what, what does my vehicle to even create money need to look like? Because if you, you know, take advantage of people over here in business so that you can donate your money over there, you're, you're going to be out of alignment, you know? So how can even in the way you generate money be, uh, something that's in line with your values and your calling? How can you be helping people and blessing people in the way you make money? So dream is all about having that vision and turning it into lifestyle design Abundance is about, okay, now that we've designed our life, how do we have the funds to sustain it? And how do we do that in a force for good way uh, that elevates the world? Um, a lot of people have really limiting beliefs around money and they need to be, have those broken off in order to even stop self-sabotaging. And you don't know you're doing it, but we dig in enough to where we can identify it. And I always say that awareness is the key. If you're not even aware that there's poison in there, then you're going to keep trying to treat it topically. How do we remove that poison before it destroys the rest of your life? And then strength is, a, again, your physical body. How do we take that to the next level? Most people have designed their physical goals around what magazines say is cool this week. And we shift, we work to shift our perspectives to understand how does your body affect everything in your life. You know, if your dream is to be there for your grandkids and actually have the strength and, and, you know, body to be able to do anything with them fun, then how do we start keeping that long-term vision in mind when we eat today? If you want to go save a bunch of kids from sex trafficking, you've got to have the physical vessel to be able to do that. And so when you can make your body health and health so much bigger than you and you start connecting it to purpose and there's desires and love and all these things and compassion in your heart, then it's really easy to make those day-to-day -day decisions versus like struggling in the peer pressure. It's just bigger than that. And it's bigger than how you look in pictures. But the fun thing is the byproduct, you will look great later, but <laughs> it's, that's not the point. And so really operating from a full place of strength mentally and physically um, is really important. That's what the strength summit's about. And then presence is really powerful. Presence is is kind of our odd man out one. It's all about learning how to be still so that you can get guided in your life. You know, there's not a religion that captures um, the way to do it, I would say, because uh, God, love, the, the creator, that made all of us in this, the thing that makes our spirit is so much bigger than any religion could ever capture. And so the presence retreat is learning again, how do you hear? How can you hear the guidance from the force that loves you and wants to protect you and doesn't want you to suffer? And it's here to give you life and life more abundantly. 
And um, when we listen to the world and what we're told to do, we're going to suffer. When we can listen to this other guidance, then we're going to um, do things that don't always make sense to humans. You know, because there's, to me, that aerial view can see everything future and can tell you don't go right. (laughs) Because if you go right, there's actually a cliff there. You can't see it right now, but you will hit it if you go right. Go left. Everybody else is telling you to go right. Go left. It doesn't make sense, but go left. And so um, there's almost three days of silence. And we, of course, there's classes and there's um, different art exercises. And all, there's, there's tons of programming. But you, as a participant, are silent. And we have had so many people just say it's the most tremendous breakthrough they've ever had in their life is to actually be with themselves versus escaping into their phone or a TV or even conversation. When you're, when you're forced, I guess, to sit and be with yourself, you get to actually get clarity on some of the mm. most important things that you've ever wanted to have clarity on. So that's presence. And then love is really learning how to love yourself. It starts there. And it, sound, it might sound cheesy. Cause I'm not, neither my husband or myself are soft butterfly dancing cheesy people like we're not we are all about like warrior strength and like we're tough people but we also know that you have to do the inner work if you want to be a powerful person if not you're still escaping and so if you want to have authentic beautiful pure relationships in your life you have to love yourself because you cannot give what you don't have and if you don't have love for yourself you're always going to be trying to almost like a vampire pull that love into your life from someone else and that in my opinion is using people Hmm. and so when you actually have an internal cheerleader versus attacker and you are kind of have this source of love flowing through you all the time you can give from overflow and that overflowing love doesn't require isn't needy isn't this and you're just going to live a life so um, abundant and let and not like hurt all the time not feeling attacked or betrayed and wounded and needy and all this weird stuff that comes when again you're living from an empty place and needing other people Uh, and so we start there it's not it's not necessarily a couple's retreat because again, you got to learn how to love yourself. Um, but it is excellent for couples because it's obviously people learn how to love themselves and their relationship that they want to keep is going to flourish really well. So that one's coming up really soon. I'm excited about that. Um, I've had just the most tremendous feedback from every single one of them. Um, but specifically love, you know, people that have had, just a history of broken relationship after broken relationship or abusive relationships. Uh, They finally find that love in their life because again, they're finally whole enough to attract it and keep it. So those are the elevate summits. And those right now are um, each five day retreats and five times a year. And how much do they cost and who typically signs up for them? You know, you can't say typically because there's such a range, you know, there's no age demographic, there's no uh, gender demographic at all. Uh, It's, it's 
the people who are drawn to knowing what they need in their life and are willing to invest in growing in that. And the cool thing is people are like, how can five days change your life? And I'd actually like you to speak to that because um, a lot of people are like, oh, it's five days. Is it is it a hit and run thing where you go there and get rah-rah all excited and you leave and you're not really changed? And so I'll have you speak on that. But um, right now they are $9,987 each. Uh, we do have payment plans available for people who can't afford that up front. Um, but yeah, it's, it's people who are hungry and knowing I'm not going to wait the rest of my life to walk in abundance or I'm done living miserable and having self-sabotaged relationships or I keep choosing the wrong path because I'm listening to these people in my life. I want to learn how to be guided so I can have an extraordinary life. Like the people who are hungry and know what they need, those are the ones that come and there's no typical. There really is no typical. It's been so across the board, which is fun. But yes, speak to your experience. How, how did in your experience um, that retreat transform your life and what would you say the magic of the retreat was? Yeah, I mean, firstly, it was just the most incredible place to spend five days obviously as you've described you've got that beautiful island setting with stunning hiking trails and beautiful white sand beaches and the sea and that clifftop home with the most dazzling panoramic views and I remember on the day that we left um there was the most beautiful rainbow that sort of appeared which felt very significant um I found the experience to be really intense but also profoundly interesting the we were exposed to so many different ideas and had so many interesting conversations around the table and I remember one of the things you often were saying was about changing your mindset to certain things I mean in relation to money specifically at the abundance summit um, and I feel that that has been hugely helpful for me over the last 12 months um, it's almost yeah it's just just over a year now isn't it since I was there and um it has made a real difference to me in the way I operate my business and I do think it's working. Um, I feel like I have not managed to address all of those aspects of whole life success yet, but it's really, it's been so helpful to have those all highlighted and, and to understand how they all do connect because often what happens is if you're putting all your energy into your work you're neglecting other aspects of your life and it's very hard to sort of maintain that balance so it's I'm very much a work in progress as I suppose everybody is um but yeah it was a real milestone experience for me I'd say in my life well you've only come to abundance you got to come to the other ones exactly if you want to grow in the other ones <laughs> well that's the fun thing is in in those five days especially on a private island you're it's called an immersive experience you know if you really want to change something and you focus on it fully and you're surrounded by the right people you've got the right accountability and you're inundating your subconscious and your conscious with new information that you're really absorbing and you're fed the right food da, 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 da. like all those compound those pieces compound to where it actually works and so that's why it's it's a lasting change, not a hit and run experience because you're half distracted. And uh, and I know you've created some like long term friendships and things out of that. It's not like oh I just went and it's over. No, like we stay in. Everybody stays in touch, which is really fun too. So you'll have to come back to some more, Jenny. And can you tell us a little bit more about the new series of transformation retreats that you've launched on the island? 
Yeah. So we are, we've, for the first time ever, you know, the hard thing for me is seeing the impact it's making and then having it was only to where people could before it was only available for people who bought out the whole island and could like bring a group of 30 people out and or came to one of my retreats and so we just opened the island up as a resort that you can come with your significant other or by yourself or with your friends and just book rooms and so by making it that available so many more people can afford it and start having their um, their transformation or their uh, finding themselves or just their their restoration start happening um, by staying for one night to a week or two weeks. It really just depends. But this is the first time we've opened it up um, for people to be able to book by the room. And then, of course, the programming is still very custom to you and what you want to do there. And um, that's that is the new resort retreat experience and will you still personally be leading the summits going forward yeah I'm still leading all the summits I'm I always have a co-host with me um helping to lead the summits but uh, I have find really incredible experts in the field uh, depending on if it's dream love abundance strength uh, or presence but I am still co-hosting all of them I love pouring into people I enjoy it when it comes to profitability, is it the most profitable thing of my time? I don't care. It's There's something about watching people's lives change that's more fulfilling for me than going out and doing X, Y, Z. I think this idea of purpose, identifying your purpose is, is hugely important, whatever that might be in your life. And one of the big takeaways for me was um, thinking bigger. Um, you know, you have an idea, even just as a thought experiment, asking yourself how big could this idea be and that has been really quite transformative for me actually which is great yeah the one thing for the people who are listening to this that are struggling with purpose we just want to clarify is you have purposes in your lifetime there's not one thing the angels are right in the sky and you're like yep sure you missed it like you know the best way to start discovering your purpose is to search your heart for those desires now, if it's some jacked up, horrible, mean desire, that's not, that's not, that's, that's not the cue. <laughs> We're looking for cues that are love and light driven. How do you want to be a blessing? What lights you on fire? Um, you know, your purpose will, will either take you to heightened levels of anger or sadness. And that, again, is that passion that says that you love deep enough to want to do something about it. And who cares if anybody else approves or is around you? If your whole thing in life is rescuing dogs, but you're around a lot of people who like feed the homeless, you have a grace on your life to rescue dogs. And you're not wrong or less holy or less anything because it's not people related. The thing is that we all have something and hopefully we can find other people that we can work with to pull it off because you're not meant to be alone. But um, don't ever feel like, oh, that's not good enough. You know, you might be called to be the little league baseball coach and you have no idea who you're going to inspire or who doesn't have a daddy that desperately needed 
you to be in their life or they wouldn't be here right now and the ripple effect of them and them and them and that's the cool thing too is like if you get it settled in your heart that I am here to be a a vessel as a force for good with or without the credit that's when it's real you know are you willing to orchestrate good in your lifetime that you may never get the credit for because then that is, again, pure and authentic way of giving love. And you yourself have a podcast called Broke to Woke, which I have listened to. I think I've heard every season and it's brilliant. Um, and you co-host this podcast with your friend Jeremy Newsom, who is a stock trader. Um, Jeremy also leads training sessions at the Abundance Summit. Tell us about your working relationship going forward. He's just a great friend. You know what? I just so it's really fun because we're both uh, one of six kids, both raised in the South, both grew up, you know, very America poor. His is his story is even funnier than mine because his parents found trailers, if you know what a trailer is, and like made it a treehouse. <laughs> so even more redneck <laughs> than mine. Um, and so we just have these kind of funny and wild, goofy backgrounds, but both found our way into living in abundance through either stocks or real estate. And so the podcast, you know, shares, how do you go from a broke mindset, you know, and the difference between broke and poor is broke is temporary. Poor is forever. Poor is something you're going to have to like heal from because it's like, uh, it's, it's really rough. But anyway, broke is temporary. You can have nothing, but you can fix it. And so for us, woke, because a lot of people have ruined the word woke, um, but we had it first. Woke to us means awake, awake to your purpose, awake to your calling, awake that you are part of something bigger than you and knowing your life has meaning. And so it's not just broke to rich as crap. That's not what we're saying. We're saying broke to actually having a life that's full of abundance in every area so where you truly are fulfilled and you're confident in what you're doing is right for you. And so we share our stories on how we did that. We're very vulnerable because I <laughs> something about being in that room with him, you don't realize there's going to be millions of people listening to it later. <laughs> so you just <laughs> say it. So we're both very vulnerable and truly sharing, um, not like we had it perfect. And all you have to do is these three steps and buy our course. We never say any of that. We share the good, bad, and ugly. We share the struggles. Um, and our reason for sharing the struggles is so that you know that that's normal. You know, all the coaches and people I used to listen to in the beginning of my journey just had it perfect. And they just knew. And so when I struggled super insecure 99% of my career, um, I always felt like I was wrong. And maybe I didn't, it was because I didn't go to college or I, you know, there's something wrong with me is why I felt that way. And so we share the way we felt so that when you're feeling that you have this internal thing that says, Oh, this is normal. Don't quit now. Don't quit. You can keep going even if you feel these things. And so I've found it to be very encouraging for people who um, want to elevate their life. You don't have to be broke to be listening to it. Uh, everybody can always take their mindset to the next level. And if there's anything that we've been through that could possibly help you, that's what we're talking about. You have a lot of endurance. What do you put that down to? Having a powerful why. 
my mom will tell you I'm not the most motivated kid at all. Um, I was the goofy, fun one that just wanted to make sure everybody's having a good time. <laughs> Prankster kid that loved animals. That's how she described me and the messy one. But when your why is bigger than you and you've seen, you know, for me, these mission trips I've been able to go on, I'm so grateful that I, I've been able to go on. I made sure I went on them. Those give me a perspective that I believe gives me an edge in life. When you realize how blessed you are, your problems become so much easier. And when you realize that other people need you, not just to hand them money, but to hand them opportunity, and you get to figure out how to create opportunity in really tough places, and then it's a privilege versus a burden. It's a blessing versus a burden. And when you live a blessed life and you view your problems even as blessings, then you just have more energy to do it. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, definitely. One of the things you said during the Abundance Summit that I attended was that you wanted everyone in the room to become decabillionaires. Why is it important to generate this kind of wealth? I would love everybody to. I know it's not everybody's calling to. Um, but when I was in that room with you, I happened to be around a lot of wonderful, beautiful hearted, compassionate people. And all wealth is, I mean, it's fake. It's freaking fake. It's a made-up system by humans, so it's not like it's real. You can't take it with you, but it's just a nice system that works out well for trying to run the show. But to have the best people that care the most, that want to do good things, be in charge of the resources, that's ideal, right? And so that's why I said that is, I would love the people in this room who were compassionate forces for good that had each, you know, I got to, I spent some time asking each person, like, what is it that you care most about? And we had people wanting to end child abuse, people wanting to rebuild fatherhood. We had people wanting to um, rescue dogs, uh, end cancer, stop sex trafficking, like fix clean water, clean up the earth, all these different causes. And I was like, if money is nothing but an expansion tool of the heart, then I would love all of those causes to have more firepower behind them. And that's why I said that. So how can capitalism be harnessed as a force for good? What does force for good business look like? Force for good business means find an issue and help solve it. That's what any successful business does in general. Um, but force for good business, you know, if you're going to build a house, for example, you know, depending on what your desires are and how you want to change the world, let's say you really care about the environment, then the way in which you would build that house would keep the environment in mind. It would build, um, with the earth versus against the earth. If you had to tear something down to build where it was, you would, uh, recycle as many of those products as humanly possible. You would use recycled and or environmentally friendly products to build the house. You could also ask yourself, could I create meaningful employment? All, all employment is great, honestly. It's wonderful that businesses are out there helping people have a means to feed their families. But if you wanted to be even extra intentional, so I'm going to only hire um, ex-prisoners to to do this work and we're going to make sure they get different certifications on the other side of this so that they're 
even more employable on the other side of building this project? You know, how do I really work with this neighborhood to make sure that it's contributing to the neighborhood? How can I make sure that it's not just built here for the next X amount of years, but it's built, it'll last for a long time. How can I create a case study out of this project to where it raises a standard for other builders to build even better? So that's just one tiny example on one house. If you happen to be a builder that you can start being what I call mindful of your decisions, because every purchase that you make, every decision you make does create a ripple effect in everything you do in life. So if you're mindful in the way that you purchase your food, you're going to help animals suffer less versus factory farmed, slaughtered, poor, desperate animals that are tortured on their way out versus like happy cows that live really nice lives. You know, I don't eat meat personally because I love animals so much, but I'm just saying you can be, that one's a really big one that if humans, if there's enough demand, the um, companies will follow. And uh, they're doing their best to keep everything as affordable as they can. So we got to be careful of our demands. But you know what I'm saying. So as a startup, you're not going to have the luxury of doing every single piece as perfect as humanly possible. But as you continue to scale your company and you can afford to make those tougher decisions, then you can normalize them. Um, you know, clean energy was super expensive until the demand was there. And prove the concept. Normally people prove the concept on the rich to then make it more and more and more affordable, mm. which is uh, good. But um, it takes somebody willing to try it to then create a good enough buzz, just like Elon Musk, man. You ever want to be inspired? Yeah. Read his book. Read that. Whenever I feel sorry for myself as an entrepreneur, which is many times because I've been through a lot, I read, I can't remember, it's like chapter eight or something like that, but it's whenever he's going through 2008 with Tesla and his employees not only didn't take a salary, but put money into the company to keep it alive. He had so many different terrible things going on. And all he's trying to do is try to save the planet by shifting the way we do driving around in cars. So there's so many inspiring entrepreneurs nowadays that do care about things that matter versus just take max advantage financially. Um, but there's crappy people if you want to find them too. You have already achieved a phenomenal amount in your life, but I would like to go back in time to help listeners appreciate just how far you have come. Tell us a bit about your childhood. What was it like living on a farm? Yeah, I grew up in South Carolina with six kids. I'm the second oldest. Um, my dad is an entrepreneur, um, you know, always trying to figure out, figure that out. I got to witness the struggles of entrepreneurship from a young age and we were all homeschooled. So very sheltered, uh, which was honestly nice. Like we didn't have a bunch of bad influence in our life. We didn't have a bunch of poison in our brains as little kids. We got to have a nice childhood working hard. Um, but being able to be out in nature and I, you know, I spent most of my childhood rescuing whatever animal I could, uh, I always had that rescuer thing in me. You have it or you don't, I think. Um, so I was rescuing like lizards and bunnies and whatever I could at the time. So, uh, just a really nice, sweet family, um, struggled financially a lot. And I remember going to mom being like, can dad just get a different job <laughs> to where it doesn't have to be like this? But 
we had a roof over our head and we had we had food in our bellies. So still, that's why I call it, it's like America poor. You know, we, we didn't grow up with like, oh, these things are getting to do a lot of stuff. We had hand-me-down clothes. But we, America poor is very different than overseas poor, depending on what country you're talking about. And so I still have a gratitude for that. Um, but my mom homeschooled us and just really spent a lot of time like making sure we knew we were loved and, uh, and cherished and just a really loving family. So very Christian, um, upbringing and had good rules and good boundaries. But the biggest thing I think for me being homeschooled was, and we weren't allowed to watch TV unless we made it, which was genius of my parents. If you make it, we will watch it. So we would make tons of home videos, lots of acting and uh, filming different scenes and making my brothers and little sisters like always be actresses and funny movies. So um, not growing up watching the TV, we weren't told who we were supposed to be. And the pro of that in my life is as something is a revelation in my mind, well, this is how, this is a better way to do things. Everybody else says, oh, that's just not how it's done. And I'm like, well, why? It doesn't occur to me to just do stuff because it's been done or to, or when people say, well, this is what's cool. I'm like, well, that's stupid. Why? I question everything and I come at things with a really fresh approach versus being told in a, this is how society runs way to do things. Does that make sense? Mm. I don't know if I'm explaining it well. It does make sense. So that free thinking has allowed me to say, okay, let's say we're working in an impoverished nation. Well, this is just an impoverished nation. Well, it doesn't have to be. And instead of saying, oh, it just is, you can say, well, is there any nation in the whole planet that is not impoverished? If the answer is yes, which it is, how are they not impoverished? Well, they had really good governance. They have um, good school systems. They have these kinds of opportunities, and this is how they give their people these opportunities. This is the kind of mindset that people grew up in. This is how they treat women and animals. Da, 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 da. Like looking at that template, how can we, instead of changing like the culture of the people, how can you bring opportunities to those other nations? So if we as humanity have solved clean water anywhere in the world, people are not dying of... If there's anywhere in the world people are not dying of waterborne diseases, then by God, we can do it again. You know? It's like if England solved cancer and then told no one else how to do it. That's wrong. So we've got so many breakthroughs in humanity to help end suffering and dying. It's just a sharing thing, in my opinion. And so I never think anything has to stay the same way it is because that's just the way it is. It's like, no, well, if someone's done it before, then we can do it again. And if it's not been done, maybe we get to be the ones to figure it out. And so I attribute a lot of that to, to being homeschooled and just having that um, freer thinking than this is who you are. Go to school, go here, then you do this, then you do that. It's like, what do you want to do? What is the secret to becoming a multimillionaire? The lower down you start, you know, living in your car like I was, it's going to be harder for you than the person who was maybe born and has family they can learn from. Um, I didn't have that. And I happen to be, it, it, it is harder for women in the area that I was doing this in 
Um, had a lot of things against me, but who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter how hard it is. Just keep going if you want to. Um, and to me, that I think if there is a secret at all, it's just to have a powerful why. Because most things are hard, just like walking, if you've never done it before. Um, and your why will allow you to have a perspective and the energy to, to do things that you don't feel like doing. When you realize this isn't just about you. And a lot of people who have kids, I, I don't have any yet, but people who have kids, like their child is a really powerful why in their life. And so if you can start to attach your why to um, the need to do it, then you would. So one of my favorite questions for people is they're like, I just can't, I cannot make more than $5,000 a month, for example. And I'm like, okay, do you have kids? I say, yeah. If your daughter needed a $15,000 per month treatment for a year to stay alive, or she's going to die, would you figure it out? And they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, well, what would you do? Well, I'd do ba 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 Immediately, their brain turns on and figures out how to make more money. And so as a really simple way to start attaching a why to the need to make more money, because you're only ever going to have what you need, if that makes sense. If you don't need to be a multimillionaire, you're not going to be. Can you be a multimillionaire by being employed, or do you have to set up your own business of some kind? Um, I'm sure you could be employed. I'm sure. Um, I don't know what kind of employment opportunities are out there, because I've only ever been employed as a waitress. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm sure there's big companies out there that pay people that kind of money, especially like a CEO. Um, but you could also, if you love your job, you can have, um, streams of income yeah. that make you a multimillionaire. The easiest one is real estate. Mm. Uh, for the Americans listening to this, I don't, I don't know what y'all's policies are over where you are. Um, but we have a thing where if you buy a home and you live in it for two years, when you sell it, you can keep $250,000 of profit without paying any taxes on it. Wow. And if you're married, you can keep up to $500,000 of profit without oh, paying wow. taxes on it. So the easiest way is to buy a crappy house in a trending up neighborhood and you create value by fixing the house up and the neighborhood's going up. And then you get to keep that 250 or 500 every two years, boom, 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 boom tax-free money, you're now a multimillionaire and you just kept your regular job. Tell us about how you bought your first property. I was 18 years old <laughs> and I um, had a guy come into my class that I was a, so I was training to be a hardcore missionary. I wanted to go uh, join the army, learn how to have all these amazing skills and then rescue kids in Africa from sex trafficking. That was my vision. That's as far as my vision could reach at the time. And I'd just come back from Costa Rica where I met a little girl that had been so horrifically sexually abused as an infant that her vocal cords were destroyed. And when I see that, I say, F that crap, I'm not doing nothing. Like, that makes me so furious that I'm, I'm again, some people are like, oh, I just can't hear it. And I just want to punch him in the throat. I'm like, how could you, how could you be so selfish to not even listen to the kind of problems that are out there because it's upsetting to you? Good gosh. Anyway, tangent. Um, I was so upset about her situation and that that was 
socially acceptable in that region of this mountainous village that kids are just abused and they just die all the time and it's fine. I'm like, that's not fine. So I came back and this multimillionaire was teaching in my class and he said, did you know you can buy a house with no money down? And if your mortgage payment is $900 a month and you rent it out for $1,200 a month, that $300 is a thing called cash flow. If you do that 10 times, you can live in Africa and you don't have to ask other people for money. And because all of our friends were poor growing up, whenever we did ask anybody to donate, they never could because we didn't have any, they didn't have any money either. And I remember really hating asking for money because nobody had any to even share. And so I was like, well, I really like the idea of not having to ask people for money. So at 18 years old, as a waitress, it killed me to be able to save up $2,000, but I did. And I had a $2,000 down payment on a $147,000 house in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I bought that house and uh, it was four bedrooms. It was really small bedrooms, but four bedrooms. And I rented them all out to other kids in the school. And I started learning more and more about real estate. And in the process of buying it, I heard about flipping houses, which is very popular on shows and stuff nowadays. But in 2007, it was just I, I don't know. I also didn't watch TV. Um, I'd never heard of that before, but I heard you could buy a crappy house, put a bunch of work into it, and you could make like $10,000, which is amazing. Let's do some blue sky thinking. You're still relatively young. You're only in your 30s, I believe. Relatively young. Very young. Yeah, <laughs> I used to be just so young all the time but yes I'm 35 it's still young so <laughs> you probably have enough money to retire right now if you want to what do you want to do with your future what are your goals and ambitions I could have retired at 23 for the rest of my life thankfully <laughs> that was pretty cool um what do I want to do with the rest of my life I want to I want to get even better at what we're doing. I want to reach more people. I want to help and bless more people. Right now, my vehicles to help and bless more people are the island. Um, there's just such transformation taking place there. So I want to see how we can do that and potentially expand into more um, places because there's just only so many people that can go there at a time. So potentially more resorts mm. and I definitely want to expand um the what the nonprofit's doing it's the island is the biggest donor to the nonprofit so every time you come there everybody listening if you come there you are making a donation to either uh rescuing animals stopping sex trafficking uh healing veterans um or helping people who just lost everything in a disaster so uh come on out <laughs> um that's really, those are the two main driving forces in my life. We are growing our family right now. I am pregnant with my first child and our, our little boy. Congratulations. Which we're excited about. He's coming here in October. Yep. His name is Bear. And uh, we're just super excited about him. So we're expanding our family, expanding the, the good that we're doing in the world through the island and through the nonprofit. Those are really the, the main things I'm focused on right now. In 10, 20 years time, Will you have more of these locations around the world where people can come and experience sort of transformational retreats? 
I hope so. I believe we will. Uh, there, like I said, there's something very special about the island itself. There's something sacred about that land that I don't even understand. Um, but as we, every day we're learning uh, what what is most helpful for people to find themselves. Um, how can we create more of that? How can we expand this good? That is... I feel a responsibility. If you figured that out, you need to serve more people. And so, yes, it is very much a vision of mine to have this in more locations and continue to connect people back to themselves, to the planet, and to animals all over the world. Thank you so much, Brittany. That was an absolutely mind-blowing conversation. I got so much out of it. In fact, today I'd like to share five key takeaways rather than our usual three. Number one, identify your purpose and use that as a guiding light in your day-to-day decision-making. We are all here for a reason and it's time to take action, but you need to identify limiting beliefs that can sabotage you along the way. Number two, to achieve whole life success, everything needs to be aligned. It's vital to look after our minds and our bodies because nothing takes us out of the game quicker than illness. Three, Abundance means having enough resources to meet the needs of the world. Four, when it comes to business, we should be building systems that are a force for good. And our last takeaway is, if you are looking to buy a private island for yourself, make sure it has a natural beach, lots of foliage and trees, and a great view. I can't wait to see what's coming next for you, Brittany, and best of luck with the baby. They are going to be so lucky to have you and Jeremy as parents. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Blue Sky Thinking with Jenny Southern. Before you go, I want to give you a special discount code for our Premium Vault newsletter, which explores emerging travel trends on a weekly basis. Some of the trends we have explored in recent months include survival scenarios, new age wellness and wilderness over-tourism. And what's great is that as an annual subscriber, you get access to all this content in our trend library. So if you would like 50% off an annual Vault subscription, use discount code BLUESKYTHINKINGALPHA as one word during checkout. Just visit globetrender.com vault to get signed up. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review and subscribe to Blue Sky Thinking so it's stored in your podcast library, making future episodes easily discoverable. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, keep your head in the clouds and embrace the power of Blue Sky Thinking.